minute. Okay, live on YouTube. Hey, this is Bill Gross, the LAProbateExpert.com. I'm a real estate broker in Los Angeles, California. And this is our weekly call that we do, probateweekly.com. We get together uh, every week and evaluate specifically probate real estate um, from all angles. We get uh, real estate agents, investors, wholesalers, vendors, occasionally a petitioner, occasionally an attorney, um, where we talk about how to be more effective in the probate business industry. We have people brand new who aspire to get into probate business or agents who want to add that to their business, as well as like Joshua and others, uh, experienced agents who are making a killing in probate. And my goal for this uh, call is to help people get together and share best practices, encourage each other, push each other. Even though we don't work for the same company, we're, you know, we can work together. We're all basically independent, even in our companies. So uh, the idea is to, to make us better at our job so we can better serve our customers. So I wanted to share with you one of the most common, uh, just one second, I gotta turn some noise off that's going on in the background. Um, I'm not checking my phone, my phone's on silent. Um, one of the questions I get asked all the time, and one of the areas of most interest to real estate agents in the probate space is how to get more referrals from attorneys, correct? Is there here at EXP? No, Tina, I don't think hardly anybody here is from EXP. I know Roger is. I don't think there's many EXP people on here at all. This is not an EXP uh, event, but uh, you're welcome to if you want to join. Um, but no. So, um, but, and, we, and they're not, not all real estate agents either. We have investors and wholesalers. So, the most common area that I get uh, asked about, or that I think realtors are most interested in, tell me if this is you, is how do I get more? And how do I get consistent referrals from attorneys? So I guess my first question is who on the call here that, you know, that would be one of your, you know, desired outcomes that you would learn how to get more business from attorneys. Either say I, raise your hand, the chat box, put me or yes. So I know that that's something that I think is of, of interest. We had on last week, I think one of the top, I wouldn't call this a probate attorneys. I would say more of a trust administration attorney who does probate work on the call. I do interview attorneys from time to time. That seems to be popular. Dion, okay, he's got his hand up. Good. And I know Josh, I know you do quite a bit in that space uh, as I do. And so um, I want to share with you, well, what does that look like? You know, it, it sounds to me like it's kind of like um, you're, um, you know, you order something on Amazon, you click, click, click. Next thing you know, you know, I don't know about you guys, my experience is it shows up sometimes the same day, the next day is like, I even forgot I even ordered that thing, but there it is ready to go. We like to think that we can establish some relationships with attorneys and the business will kind of show up that way, that we'll get uh, sellers who will, uh, because we're referred, will do we, you know, take a recommendation on price and terms and so on, and uh, that they'll do what we ask them to do and that the business somehow is easier as a result. And it often is, right? That That is the truth. Uh, uh, Josh, I know you work with some key attorneys. Is that your experience that, Many times, right, the, the customer's kind of teed up for you, kind of goes along because of the furrow, right? Yeah, I mean, not 100% of the time, but yeah. Not 100%, time. not 100%. And I would say to you, the relationship is made on the ones that aren't 100%. Because the attorney is looking to delegate the problem, they're not looking to delegate the commission dollars. And so it's when it's a difficult situation that comes to you, that's where you earn your stripes. So, I got one today, the attorney I've worked with quite a bit to get her business and, and done all the things we talk about having to do. And, and I believe I have the reputation I, that backs all that up. And she called me with a referral literally today and I called the petition right away. But it turns out there's a couple of family members and one of them was to buy the property and it's been going on for a while. And all that's to say that um, as a real estate agent, what I can't do is just focus on, I want to list the house. Because if I go there, my commission breath could offend the other heirs or the, uh, the petitioner or the executor to put them come back to the attorney and create more of a problem for the attorney. So it's not worth working with me in the future, they'll work with somebody else. So it's really important that when we are in the privileged position of getting a referral from somebody else's business, that we treat that with the same importance as our own business. One of my mentors and, and, and partners in the mortgage loan officer training business is Joel Epstein, uh, bigjoel.com. He trains mortgage loan officers 
how to get more business and he teach, teaches realtors how to work on getting more referrals as well. And he uses the phrase holding the baby. When a realtor refers a buyer to a mortgage loan officer, he uses the analogy that's equivalent to a parent handing their newborn to somebody else. Well, who would they hand that newborn to? They're gonna give it to who? Grandma, grandpa, aunt and uncle maybe, maybe brother or sister, maybe not. But it's a big deal when they hand you the baby, correct? Who here has received an infant hand in your arms in the last 90 days? Sean, who was it? Can you share with family member, put the infant in your arms? Not a family member, but a close friend. Close friend? Yeah, I mean, there were among the... Because yeah. you wouldn't put a baby in the arms of somebody who wasn't a close friend, right? So the same is true with referrals of business. When you, somebody refers you business, that is the equivalent of handing over a baby for you to um, manage for them, to handle for them. You know, their life's in your hand. If they're, you know, particularly young newborn, you know, they could fall down, God forbid, and have a, a, life, a lifetime injury. The same is true when we get referrals. And so a lot of people say, well, I want to learn how to get referrals from attorneys, but we don't respect the value of that relationship. If you saw last week's um, um, video or you're on the call last week, uh, we had on Jeffrey Condon, right? And I know Jeffrey, I know him from swimming. I know him from probate court. Who here saw that, that uh, discussion I had with him? Anybody else here on the call from last week? Joshua did. Did you feel the pain when he described referring uh, a real estate transaction and it going sideways? Did you feel in him? This is a guy who's a pretty strong emotional guy. Did you feel the pain he went through with describing that? And so we need to approach people when we want referrals, understanding that's the level of emotional commitment we're asking for. We realize that when people ask us for referrals. As a realtor, people, oh, do you have some buyers I can work with? Oh, yeah, I'll just give my Rolodex, call everybody. No, I would never do that. But we need to understand that when you want referrals, that's what it looks like. So um, before we get into a big, it's bigjoel.com, B-I-G-J-O-E-L.com. In fact, he spoke recently, um, uh, did a video and I kind of made it available to people for free that he did for real estate agents. It was really good, I thought, on how to learn to get people to feel comfortable letting you hold their baby. Whether you get referrals from attorneys or accountants, or other real estate professionals. I made a living as a mortgage loan officer getting referrals from commercial bankers, right? That was my main business. And so I learned early on that when somebody refers you to somebody, it's very important to treat that with respect, set the expectations, make sure you deliver what you say you're gonna do. So I teach, one of the things that caused me to start this video series or this Zoom series was the idea that there's more than two ways to get business as a real estate agent. Companies that sell data tend to push everybody, investors, wholesalers, or realtors, in one or two directions. Call the petitioner or the executor or the administrator of an estate to get them to list with you. Nothing wrong with that business. It works. You can call, mail, email, uh, postcard, door knock. Great strategy. Market to the petitioner. Or they teach, contact the attorneys. Now, I think in smaller markets, that's a great marketing tool. It's more challenging here in Los Angeles. We happen to have one of the very few agents, I think, that has uh, uh, built a marketing business going to attorneys for referrals, happens to be on the call. He's the only one I've met, I think, in the last five years that started a business based on that and has done well with it. But it's a hard way to go. Most agents fail at that because it takes longer and it takes more attorneys than they would imagine to, to get enough business. But I teach 11 different ways to get sales of which going to petitioners and attorneys are one and two, and there's nine other ways. And number 11 that I teach is networking, that you can actively network. Now we talked about last week or previously about your center of influence and referrals and how to spur referrals. But this is networking to me really means going to someplace where you don't know anybody using some sort of introduction and using that 
to build some business. And I, I have to say, this is an area that I've done really well at. I've, I've gotten some nice business as a result of networking. Now, networking can look like going to a BNI or a Latip Club or the Chamber of Commerce or Kiwanis, a service organization, right? Those are all networking organizations. Or if you're Hispanic, I guess, NAREP, or there's an Asian something real estate group, or a, there's all kinds of real estate groups you can go to for referrals and things like that. So those are more formal groups. And I would divide them into kind of general business groups, real estate professional groups, and real estate investment groups. Those are three different areas that you can network in and build a business in any of those three or all three, right? So let's touch base real quick. Networking groups, they're designed for networking, BNI. It's the only reason it exists is for professionals to get together and share amongst themselves the business. The challenge there, each of those kind of companies or groups have their own little system and nuances in how you work them. But I can tell you from a personal experience, the only way to make them work is to work that network. So if you're going to do be a BNIer, one of the keys is they allow you to go to other, like you belong to a chapter, let's say in West Los Angeles. But the way to make money is to go to other chapters' breakfasts and lunch, whether it be in the Valley, Century City, Santa Monica. There are people who make a living out of every day. They go to a different BNI club and they meet new people. That's what networkers or professionals do. They tend to be more professional in BNI. As well as the tip is more small business contractors or retail people typically, and then there's more what I call community based. But those but the networking groups um, have a flavor, and so uh, BNI is probably the most the ripest for our industry as real estate agents, uh, but not for investors wholesalers. They're 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 gonna you're not gonna fit in as easily with attorneys and and bankers and other financial people. It'd be a nice thing you made another setting. If you're an investor wholesaler professional, there are real estate investment groups you would network with. On our call is Wesley Harris. I met Wesley at a meeting at noon uh, in the Valley at um, Van Nuys at the Sizzler every Wednesday at noon. And uh, I, I would get there early. Again, if you're working network, you want to try to dominate it. I got there early um, and would meet people as they came in before the meeting started. And I would stay a little late when I could. Uh, but Wesley was, was the organizer of that. And then he now helps organize a virtual version Wednesdays at noon called Prosperity Through Real Estate. And uh, they do a Wednesday noon. It's free. You're welcome to join in on that. Go to the website, Pr Prosperity Through Real Estate. And I've done, I want to say about $40,000 or $50,000 of commissions just from that group this year and last year and the year before. Very valuable for me as a real estate investor and as a real estate agent. Wesley, you want to add anything to that about the PTRE? You're, you're muted. I just wish I could match you on the income. Well, you know, um, I'll give you a couple tips. We'll talk a little bit about how you can be more effective maybe, right? Um, but, it, you know, I work it. I've worked it really hard. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, I got there and, and would meet people and follow up with them and, um, there's no magic. It's not magic. It's just an opportunity to do some business with people. That's right. No, um, I, would, so I would see you get there early. I got there early. You did. Yeah. You did. Yeah, I think that's one of the tips I would always say is if you're going to go to some place and spend an hour, an hour and a half, spend the extra 10 minutes to be early. Because if you're going to meet people, you're going to meet more people in the first 10 minutes if you're early than you will probably in the hour and a half of the meeting. Right? Use a meeting. They have some content. They're talking. But I was going there to meet people. So same with court. When I go to court, if the hearing is at 8.30, I always get there at 8 o'clock. I'm already going to spend the half hour to drive to court and park my car. I'm going to spend the hour to be in court. I'll spend the half hour coming back. That's two hours. Yes. Of course, I'm going to spend two hours. Why not an extra half hour in case somebody's there is early? And, and people are there early really are generally the people you want to meet. Yep. So, so again, there's business-oriented like BNI and the tip. There's real estate oriented. PTRE is a good one. I would recommend going on to Eventbrite and or Meetup and look for other groups and niches that you're interested in. I used to think I was gonna invest in multifamily uh, properties out of state. I decided not to, but I used to go to a bunch of meetups. I'd meet people and network there. 
But in whatever niche you're interested in, there's probably a meetup today online that covers either that geography or that product type, notes, you know, turnkey rental properties, storage units. I've seen every kind of niche product has its own meetup group now or Eventbrite on that product right now. And so those are real estate uh, oriented groups are a great place to meet people. And the third one I would say is um, service organizations. Um, you know, in my career, I've been involved with organizations. And what I find is when you really do serve an organization, you end up getting business from the people in the organization as long as you do your part and are available for the business. So I, I, nobody likes the guy who goes to the religious meeting, let's say a, a synagogue or an organization meeting, and, and pounds everybody for an introduction. Nobody likes that guy. But everybody loves the guy who helps that organization be successful. And by being successful, you've earned the right that other people will call you with problems and, and look for you to help solve their problem. And if it's involved with real estate or investments, you get the chance to do that. So that's the 11th method. And I think that that's kind of the shortest content one that I offer. I haven't really developed that deeply, but I think that those are some basic principles. Now, one thing I would say in networking is also particularly important is to have a, a clear brand so that when you meet people, they clearly know what you're looking for. And so those you know me know I've branded myself as a probate expert. Um, and I talk about it at every time when I meet people because while I do other types of real estate as well, um, I, I know that by having that one pin launched deep, that people will call me either about probate or something that sounds like probate or something that's real estate because they assume, and here's the key, they assume because I'm an, ex, an expert in probate that I can handle standard real estate transactions, which I think is true at a high level. But if people think you're just a generalist, so it always, cracks me up when real estate agents go to a networking event and they'll say, well, I specialize in first-time home buyers, listings, investment property, condos, multifamily, commercial, industrial, and retail, and land, and notes. And the problem is that we think by casting everything out, we don't want to lose somebody. We sound desperate. You'd be much better off picking one of them and make sure everybody knew you were the king of one thing, whether it be a geography, a certain neighborhood, not Los Angeles, but, you know, Frogtown or whatever, Los Feliz. So when they think of Los Feliz, they're going to call you. But also if it's near Los Feliz, well, it's not really Los Feliz, it's Glendale. Can you, can you ask a question for me, though? Of course. So when you network, one of the, it becomes more important than ever to have a clear branding strategy that people remember you, like you, and respect you. They don't necessarily have to be pre-qualified for your niche. That's the mistake we make. Uh, Julie asked, which networking group is that? I'm not sure which one. I talked a long time and I, I just saw your, was I talking about I mean, professional business groups like um, BNI or the TIP or the real estate one, which is Prosperity Through Real Estate. I'll put the link to that one. I, I go to that, I want to say, um, I go to that two of every three weeks. Um, I also go to um, here we go, prosperitythroughrealestate.com. I also go to expand the business, which is a great one. So I put in the, in the chat box here, prosperity through real estate. And then there's a Facebook group that I am involved with uh, called expand the business. And they do a meeting, um, a networking group every um, Thursday at three o'clock sharp. Um, and I, I'll put the link in the, uh, chat box on that as well. So it's a Facebook group that you join. They do a networking group is free. The group is free um, at Thursday at 3 p.m. The guy who organizes it is a group of about 2,300 people total. You go into small groups and meet people, kind of little one-on-ones or one-on-threes. Uh, and I've got some business out of that. And then he offers a coaching program in the next weekend, not July 4th weekend, but the following Saturday, Sunday, um, he has a, a program where he teaches how to use social media to expand your business. I would say to leverage your business. Think of using social media like throwing gasoline on a fire. You have to have a fire or else gasoline is just a waste. If you have a fire burning and you add social media to it, it'll help blow up. And so he's my coach, uh, in, in my professional coach, and he holds a networking event 
but in particular, uh, on the Gen uh, July 10th and 11th, uh, four hours each day, he has a networking riches is the name of the, of the meeting. And it is um, normally he charges 347. Because I'm in his group, he normally would give us tickets that are discounted at $97 for any of our clients to encourage our clients to go or to um, maybe might pay for our clients to go and help them build their business. But in this case, he actually gave members like me free tickets. So I'm gonna put a link in the chat box for that event called Networking Riches with Casey Everhart. Casey is my networking business coach and uh, he's who I meet with on Thursdays at the networking group that we do regularly. So that's what I have on networking. Uh, any questions or comments on getting, on using networking to develop your real estate business and probate business in particular, anybody? No, no questions at all, really? Anybody here involved in a networking group? Anybody here involved in BNI or LATIP or a similar business kind of networking group? Used to be in LATIP. Mm -hmm. What area were you in? Uh, Northern California, Chico. Little Chico. small town. So my challenge up here is things are smaller. I mean, we're not, not as many choices. Well, the advantage though today is with so much online available, even still, even though we've opened up to some degree, Definitely. look at this call, we have 36 people and you have a chance to sell Chico real estate or investments in Chico to not yourself maybe, but 35 other people. And, and I would say that for me, I've been in this business since 1986. This, is, this COVID has been the opportunity of my lifetime because a year and a half ago, you know, uh, I'm 62 now, I was 61 a year ago. Um, you know, it gets a little harder to physically go to meetings and drive and go to court and drive down to the valley. And, but being online in, in a publisher, in, uh, I'm not gonna say I'm wearing shorts, but I could be wearing shorts, you don't know. Um, but to be able to do these things online is just a chance of a lifetime for me to expand my business and, and expand it geographically. You know, last week I was in New York City doing business. I have a escrow in, in upstate New York referral. I have team members I'm bringing on board in, in New York. I'm going to Florida later this month to expand my business down there. That wasn't possible when I started in 1986. So, um, you know, Tina, you have, you're certainly welcome to, uh, if you have a good investment in Chico, a good multifamily investment in particular, feel free to come back here sometime. I, I do a call on Tuesdays, realestateinvestingzoom.com. Feel free to email or reach out to me and, and present property. But you have a chance of a lifetime both to market your property and, and meet customers outside your area but to service your customers in Chico by offering their listings to outside areas. Definitely. Well, good, welcome. Welcome from the central part of Northern, the Northern part of Central California, the central part of Northern California, one, two. Great, who else? Anybody else here have any experience in networking, whether it be a business networking group or a real estate networking group? Really, nobody? <laughs> you all should be. There's Wesley right there. Wesley, just take all their names and numbers down and sign them all up to come tomorrow. What do you say? They I'm saying Wednesday at noon. Yeah. Wednesday at noon's easy. Yeah. It used to be you had to drive to Van Nuys and they had to park. It was kind of a full parking lot. You got there late. And then you had to buy lunch at Sizzler. And that would be, uh, you know, sometimes for some people that's cheap and other people that's expensive. Um, I couldn't eat there. I, I, I'm Jewish, I keep kosher. So I had to um, uh, buy lunch for somebody else uh, was the way I got my way in and then kind of overtip the, the wait staff so they, would, they wouldn't cause a problem for us. They literally would cause a problem if I wasn't buying a meal. I'd buy iced tea, not that I needed it, but you know, wouldn't buy something. But um, definitely to go there, I had to do, buy something. Nowadays, I don't do anything. I just show up uh, with a Zoom and participate. So it is nobody, a lot easier. And, and we get people from Germany. Get people from all over. You know, all yeah. over. And, and again, that's been a real blessing for my business. I can deal with people who are you know, all over California. And in some cases, like I said, I got 
one referral in, I sold a property in La Jolla, um, in escrow in Yonkers, New York. Um, uh, I got property all over the place because of referrals. So definitely I think networking is a great opportunity. Nobody else here, just so I understand, nobody else here goes to any networking groups? Am I the only one really? Come on. Can you, can you hear me, Bill? Who's that? Can, can you hear me? Yes, who's that? This is Jacques. Hey Jacques, yes, I can hear you. So um, I have never joined a networking group. I've been to a few networking group as a guest and mm -hmm. created some nice relationships, but I never really joined one. What mm -hmm. I'm wondering is with this all, all this with this online stuff going on, why can't wouldn't that be cool to have networking groups online, like kind of like this? Well, we do, Plus, and that. That's one of the things that Bill's talking about is what we did with the networking group at the Sizzler when we had to be shut down. And now we get people coming in from Las Vegas, from Los, uh, San Francisco area. from And we had two people who were coming in from Germany because they were moving back to the state. Well, one was in the military moving back to the States. The other one wanted to move to America. Right, but I guess what I'm saying is you have the BNIs where people pay to go and meet every every week. You know, it seems like this would be an amazing disruptor to BNI, just doing it online. Well, it, it could be to BNI, but then you've got other groups like Toastmasters or uh, Kiwanis or some of those that are more local and active and people need to, need to participate. So you've got some pluses and minuses and one of our big pluses about the uh, going online for the lunch group is the expansion and the, the location, getting Las Vegas, getting San Fran. And, and I just, it just chuckles me, me to think of two out of Germany Right. How did they ever hear about us? And they're, you know, they've got to be on at like 9, 8, 9 p.m. when it's lunchtime here. So um, there are pluses and minuses. And that's the thing that we're trying to wrestle with. Do we want to go back to having to have people drive? Because as Bill talked about, the difficulty that he has coming in from that long distance and it has to do all these things, whereas it's so much easier to five till noon, get on the internet. So you know, you know, Chuck, I think, I think these, I think all business done locally or in person is has to really rethink and refocus their value proposition because the, the convenience of being online is clear. The negative is we don't meet each other. And just like we don't all commit to being here, like for example, the vast majority of people have their cameras turned off most of the time. Most of them have the video, the audio turned off, probably half or two thirds aren't paying attention at all for half of it, let's say. So the value of it, of, I have 34 people on the call right now. The value is not equal to 34 people being in a room together. It's probably not even equal to 17 people. It's probably, it's probably equal to five or six or some number. And so for me, it's been great. It's been a great asset my business. I have had over 2,200 people register, give me their name, address, phone number, email, being able to reach out, meet people. It's been great. For me, I organized it. I think for participants, you have to think about the numbers and you have to really reach out to people and make an effort. And I, well, on one hand, it's convenient to not go to BNI. On the flip side, you're missing out on the chance to meet people at these organizations. BNI or those organizations have to really focus in on what value do they create. I think the value is they vet people one per industry and they're more intimate. They're sharing real business amongst themselves. So if you're in a room and there's only one real estate agent, there's one attorney, there's one accountant, they're going to talk about a case in a way they're not going to talk about online publicly to whoever happens to, to stumble into the meeting that day. So there's positive and negative, but I think all of us have to think about, well, what value do we create and how do we, because we get paid based on the value we create for other people. We don't get, get paid because we want to get paid. We don't get paid because we deserve it. We get paid based on the value we create for other people. So I would say those organizations, what value do they create? And they have to get very, and that's true for religious organizations. I was talking to my rabbi. Fortunately, some have done bad, some have done well, some have done poorly, 
my synagogue has done really well during COVID because they made some effort to reach out to people in a way that was innovative and different and they responded. They also cut their costs. But every organization, real estate offices, I, you know, now that COVID's opened up, you know, are people flocking to real estate offices? No, I was talking to a mortgage officer to, uh, yesterday. I asked him because his business is going to open houses. Open houses are busy again, but real estate offices are empty. These large offices with 4,500 agents, you know, people, individual private offices are going to their offices, but even half of those now don't go to the office anymore. They work out of their home because they had to for a while and they found a way to make it work. Kathy, do you have something you want to say? Yeah. Um, I, in my career, I haven't actually joined actual networking um, clubs or whatever, you, you know, that type of thing. But I have always been, when my son was playing soccer, I always made sure that I volunteered somehow. Um, usually I was team mom. Um, later when he played club, I was team manager, ran the team. And I always wore something real estate related, either my name tag or a shirt or something like that. And also um, in church, people knew what I did. I never really forced myself on them, but still in church, in the groups that I'm in, they know what I do. And I have gotten a lot of referrals that way. Yeah, I think that's the right way to play it. Let people know, make sure people know what you do. Don't solicit them for business, but make sure they know what you do, where you can give donations, you can donate branded material or, or donate the name of your business. I think those are sponsor events. Um, I think those are great ways. But again, I, I think more than just the sponsoring is being there. You know, you're the team mom. Everybody thinks you're organized. You show up with oranges at the end of practice or whatever you do. Um, uh, people appreciate you and see that you're organized. But I think that, that what I want to say is, um, like I used to be, I used to look at, should I go to say these... Um, a bar association meetings. There's a place to meet attorneys, okay? Uh, there also were like trust and, and fiduciary meetings at lunchtime. Well, okay, but you would go there for lunch, be there for an hour and a half, then come home. So it's about a two hour time commitment. What business did I get out of it? Did I position myself well? The, the challenge I found is if there's several people sponsoring the event, it was hard for me to stand out. But when I would go to court and meet people one-on-one, -on -one, I would meet people every day, two or three people. So you have to think about what are the results you're getting from that networking and, and, and is it measurable? Uh, the prosperity through real estate. I have in my, I use Salesforce, my contact management, and I have a, a, a checkbox for those I meet through that networking. And I can, I can literally count how many people I've met through that networking group. And then I send them an email to thank them to meet them. And, and, and put them in my marketing uh, after I meet with them. So it, it doesn't, it's not magical that just by going to an event, you're going to get business. You have to have a system in place. And then you know, you're adding these new people into your system. Um, anybody here I've met on the call, uh, I know Patricia, I'm sorry, Patricia has met me. Uh, William Holmes has met me. Um, I like to think you get my email at least once a week based on how I categorize you. Um, maybe not if you're a real estate agent, but if you're an investor, wholesaler, um, or my team, um, I send out emails to everybody I meet every week. And that's a way to keep in touch with people. And I've had people call me back seven years later, 10 years later, because they got my emails still. So you have to have a system in place. I think it's great that people know you and then try to find a way to get them into your marketing system. That's the goal. Uh, whether it's content or they, you know, we've talked in prior weeks about maybe having a, a Zoom course on living trusts how to avoid probate, invite an accountant on how to pay less taxes. And people come to your event, you capture their name, address, phone number, and email, and they can go into your marketing system. So the networking is a great lead generation tool. And then you have to have a system to turn leads into relationships and business. Um, Julie's on the call and asked, I get this question a lot. Hi, Bill, new to probate. I was wondering, what's the best way to generate leads besides meetup groups? So, um, Julie, where, what geography are you in? Where do you, where do you live or where do you sell real estate? If you're still on the call. Julie Sharma. No? Julie? There you are. You're there. You're muted and your camera's off. Are you still there? I could, I could 
answer your question a little more effectively. Um, no, okay, maybe she's tied up. So I get asked a lot, where do, where's the best way to get started? And what I would say, and where do you get leads? And what I would say is, again, uh, I, I do on my, on my YouTube channel, I have uh, one talk I do called 11 ways to make a sale in real estate. I think I would look at those and, and depending on where you are, I'm glad to do a one-on-one -on -one with you in 15 minutes to help you find the right answer for you personally. But in general, you should look at all 11 ways and figure out which ones work best for you. Right. I, I'm not, you know, I think sometimes companies go through life like a hammer and they see every realtor like they're a nail buyer data and cold call for three hours are petitioners or attorneys. It just doesn't work for everybody. And if you're an active agent, I would say rather bolt on a couple of pieces um, and uh, then to just automatically buy data and cold call for three hours. Not everybody, 99% of real estate agents who buy the data with the idea they're going to cold call for three hours, don't do it. And so I'd rather not see you do that. But Julia, I, I, I see your question here. I'd be glad to help you a little more individually, but I would say to you, um, the key is to, is to customize your plan. There's 11 different ways. Pick one or two or three that are best for you and master those and then add other systems as you can over time. Tina Peters, you asked me, what's in that touch email going on? So Tina, what I would say to you is, mark, the, one of the keys to marketing is to be genuine to you. I think if you, anybody who's met me, in per, but to say we met in person, and we've talked a lot, but it's most all through COVID. Have we ever met in person before? I don't think we have. No. Just, have we talked a lot. We've, we've talked yeah. quite a bit, right? Josh and I've met, Raj and I've met, but um, I think that I like to believe the way I present myself on this call and hopefully all my marketing is how I am, right? I'm not going to dress up and you know uh, put on spray tan lotion uh, on fake app to take a picture on Instagram to impress you to be eye candies to the ladies because I'm just not that guy. Even if I had that body, that's not my personality. And that's not what gets me excited. And so I think the answer that I would say to you, Tina, is you need to think about what value you create. And this is for everybody. What value you create for your customers? What value you create for your prospects? What do you like to create? What are you effective at creating? And what do people need? And make sure that your marketing is consistent with that message. So to answer the question for you, I position myself as a probate expert and very experienced in real estate and investing. And so my market material almost always has to do with what's happening in the real estate market, how to be effective selling property first rather than working with buyers. But I also am aware of the buyer side to, to handle both. And I think, but I really focus in on probate and I focus in on investors. And I try to take a more intellectual and um, thoughtful approach to my marketing. Um, and I think as a result, there are people who will say, well, I don't know that you do this, but I'd like to work with you. Do you do this? I got a phone call from an attorney today. I know you work with investors because she's seen me in court buying property for investors, but this is not my first referral from her. But do you represent sellers and list property, states and list property? Well, duh, yes. <laughs> but she called me because I'm an expert. She didn't call me because, um, you know, I look good or because I had some fancy marketing piece. She called me because she, she even know what I do, apparently. But she knows I really know the game of, of private real estate. So to answer your question, uh, so I send something, and I think that uh, you have to send something every week in real estate. I, I can't speak for other industries, but minimum email once a week to everybody you know, minimum. Uh, if you're talking to real estate agents, you probably can send something to them several times a week. But to, to as a realtor, People expect you to be a salesperson. They know you're selling and they'll want to see you selling. If they're going to hire you, they want you to be a great salesperson. They're not hiring you because you're polite. They're hiring you because they expect you to be aggressive and assertive and represent their interests, particularly as a listing agent. So to answer your question, what do I do? Um, I um, uh, send something every week. It's based on the market. Uh, nowadays, I do a short video that goes with it and I touch that on my YouTube. And I think video is becoming an increasingly important part of my business. And I think for everybody, it's just an amazing opportunity um, to leverage your time. I'll show you a statistic. I started my YouTube channel really about uh, in March or April, so less than six months. Um, the average time on my YouTube channel today is over six hours a day being watched. 
I can only cold call for what, two or three hours a day. Yet I have six hours a day of people watching videos and, and growing. And, and I don't know that six hours of video equals three hours of cold calling, but at some point, 10 might or 20 might, and that's what I'm building towards, that number where my videos are as valuable to my lead generation as maybe cold calling for two or three hours. Um, let's see, what area, that's for Sean. Uh, okay, I think I've hired up, I've hired Sean a couple of times. Um, he's taught, oh, very nice. Uh, Sean got a nice little shout out from Pat Pat Patricia, so very nice. Yeah, I, I love working with Patricia. And Bill, the one thing I want, I tried to jump in earlier. I've been on multiple platforms. The one thing that I see, and you do a phenomenal job of this, is yes, you're always selling, but you're also offering value. You're, you're talking knowledge, you're, you're giving people quality feedback. You're very giving of yourself. And for if you, there's a difference between you who you're always giving something and yeah, you're selling and you know, people call them the seagull, me, 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 mine, mine, my, you know, the 90 second just repeat elevator pitch people, right. people just go tone deaf. Whereas like you and other individuals, you have value and you have conversations with people. Well, I think, thank you. It's very nice of you to say, and, and I work hard to be that. So I, I really appreciate um, your, your feedback and, um, coming from you, I know you're a professional. Patricia works with you as far as uh, you're, you're being a professional photographer. So I, I appreciate your comment. You know, I think that it, what's the the internet today, the the industry of marketing today, is about giving value in order to earn a relationship. There is so much free material being given out in so many niches uh, that to only give to people when they're hiring you um, is a big mistake. Uh, that people make. Um, and I think that uh, if you enjoy what you do enough, you don't look at it as, oh, they got out of me a free this or free that. Uh, if you enjoy giving it, then you enjoy giving it. And then as a result of giving enough people, some people will choose to work with you. It's true that some people are takers. Uh, you know, and I've learned how to sniff them out a little bit. I just kind of phone, he asked me a couple of questions. And after a while, I realized he's not buying the house. He's NVS by the house. He's not going to have me represent him on it. And I was polite, but, you know, um, but so you have to have your limits as well, whatever that is. Um, but I will say that um, I've done my best to share almost everything I do. And um, I figure if you work as hard as I do at what I do, the market's still big enough where there's plenty for me and plenty for you. And so far, I don't see anybody really doing what I do. I see niches and pieces of it here and there. And, and I enjoy working with those people. I see Josh is an example of a guy who, you know, we kind of overlap once in a while, but frankly, I enjoy it when I see him more than I worry about him competing with me because there's so much business. We're not really taking it from each other. Once in a while, maybe we go head to head on, on a client, um, you know, and sometimes you win, sometimes you lose, but I'd rather lose to Josh than any other realtor if I'm competing for a listing, right? Some of the other ones are bad people. I could put them out of business. Yeah, I, I, sorry to jump in, but yeah, I, there is so much money on the table. If you're good, everybody's going to eat. And it, it, how I found your group is I found someone else on another group that, you know, that individual was great and I worked with them. And then, so they introduced me to you, you know, you introduced me to Patricia, you know, that other group introduced me to another group with some LA people. I, you know, it's just, just do quality and you will eat. Well, thanks. I'm glad to have you. Look, I, I also say this, that the more you participate in anything, the more you get out of it, right? One of the things I, I, had, a, I had a chance to speak at a wedding celebration recently, and I was reflecting, I've been married 36 years. Now I am not gonna claim to be a model husband. Uh, one day at a time, I've remained married to an amazing woman for 36 years. Somehow, I have no idea how. But, but I will say that I got great advice when I was married. And the rabbi, it's interesting, he wasn't the rabbi that we hired. The rabbi we hired last minute went out of town and dumped on us a substitute. And I've never talked to him since, didn't think much of him at the time. But he said something that was amazing to me. He said the key to marriage, and it's probably true about any relationship, including business, 
the key in a relationship, I'll just change the words a little bit, is not finding the right partner, it's being the right partner. And so I believe when you come to events like this, you don't want, so many people come looking for deals. You can feel the vampires. You can feel the people who just want to suck out of your business card and put it into their system and they're going to solicit you forever. And it's like, you're almost like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I, I don't really want to. Now I'll say personally, I'll give anybody my business card to ask and I'll, then anybody call me and make an appointment for 15 minutes with anybody who asks. That's, that's my standard of how I'll try to give back to people. But it doesn't mean I like it. And, and I think all of us, raise your hand that you, if you feel that. You will, will go to a networking event and there's that one vampire runs around kind of sucking everybody for referrals. Well, we all know that person. And um, don't be that person. Be the person who makes the event more productive, more successful. Give to the event. Participate in the event. Uh, you know, uh, I'll take notes and then people say, oh, I, I can't get the notes. I'll just email them to them. I'll text them to them. Right, so uh, be the person that other people want to be around, and they'll give you business. And that's one of the keys of networking. I think is if you're going to go to an event, participate in it. Be thought of as one of the leaders, if not the leader, if not starting your own event. The more you put into something, more you put into anything, the more you get out of it. We we mistakenly think that we fall in love with somebody because of their attributes. The truth is, we tend to love somebody because of the effort we put into that relationship. Why does a mother love a child? The child does nothing for the mother. On the day they're born, they're just pain and suffering and effort. But the more the mother puts in the child, the more she loves the child. And so the same is true with business. The more you put into something, the more valuable you become, the more people are gonna to wanna to work with you. And so if you're gonna participate, participate, get in all in and, and make the new person feel welcome. Greet the newcomer. Be the person that helps the event grow. Um, the person who makes the event grow is the one who's gonna get the business. Introduce other people around. You see somebody struggling, help them out a little bit. Um, that's that's my strategy that never has to be effective. I see it hand went up and then went down again. I don't know who that was. I don't know why I'm talking so much today. Anybody else have a question? No? Okay, so I think that's all I really have on network. Anybody have any other questions at all on real estate or private real estate in general? No, I'm not hearing any. Going, going, gone. Nobody has any problems, challenges, worries, concerns. Is the market as hot as it was a month or two ago? You, you feel like it's slowing down a bit? Feels like the energy is kind of going out of it a little bit, right? Hey, Bill, if, uh, to answer your question, um, I'm on, well, obviously I'm on your call, but I'm on, I don't know, 10 or 12 real estate calls. Um, last week is the first week in, I don't know, a year. Uh, I've actually heard of price reductions. Yeah. Um, Thursday, um, I was, uh, went out to meet a guy, I wasn't shooting the house, but he had uh, zero um, people to his open house and for a week and he couldn't figure it out. And quite honestly, I've got 13 years on Depot experience. It's an $850,000 house that he got appraised for $950,000. And he's hoping with this market, he's going to get one, two. Right. It's an $850,000 house. That's why no one's calling. It's always the price. As much as we hate to say it to the seller, and you have to be careful and diplomatic, if it's not selling, it's always the price. I, I, I was laughing. He just called me. It happened today. I have a listing that's been in the market for quite a while. Unlike most agents, I feel like my job is to service the customer. If they want to list it high and wait for a long time before they reduce it, uh, I'm fine. As long as they understand that, we agree. They know up front, I don't think it's going to sell. I'm not using it to get buyers. I'm just servicing them. So an agent called and said, well, why, do you think, why has it been in the market for so long? And well, why do you think it's been in the market so long? Do you take a wild guess? You know, is it worth you know, that price? No, well, there you go. The seller wants that price. He's not that far off as, as much as your example, but he's off a bit, a good, a good chunk, close enough where nobody's going to offer on at that number. So it is a price. So I do think there's some, whether it be raising rates or just running out of steam or people busy now with COVID opening up, maybe they're running off taking vacations and school coming to an end. There's always that period when school's ending, when real estate isn't as busy as it is the rest of the summer. So we might be in that period of time with graduations and 
who knows what all that means right now. But um, definitely, I would be very careful uh, if I was in escrow on something, be very careful. My rate locked in. And uh, if I was on the selling side, make sure the, 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 the buyer waste contingencies as quick as possible. Because I think I've seen these things turn really quickly. We're in very, I think, volatile times in every other aspect of business, of life. You know, socially, very volatile. Politically, no doubt, very volatile. I'm not saying good or bad, but I'm just saying we've seen massive changes. That more change in the last year than in my lifetime, probably, or the last 10 years. So it can happen in real estate pretty quickly, too. So, okay, so, hey, we're, oh. go ahead. No, I was going to say, um, is it in, inevitable that the market will cool down because it seemed like it's been overpriced? And so they're going to be a correction similar to the stock market, but in the real estate market. Wouldn't surprise me. You know, I'm always careful not to predict the future, but to be prepared for it. And so I think that as a real estate agent, I'm always watching closely, looking for those signs. This feels to me like we kind of climbed at the top of the hill and it's just kind of pausing a little bit. And where that means we're going to continue up more, or it's going to go down the other end, I have no idea. But we definitely are not charging forward like we were three months ago. Not here in LA, uh, as a general rule. Okay, that's what we have. So look, today's Thursday. Uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, please like it. Or if you have a comment, put it in the comment section. Love to have you subscribe. YouTube channel is really driving a lot of great new future technology and plans for this um, uh, program. This is probateweekly.com. We do it every Thursday, 4 p.m. Pacific time, 7 p.m. Eastern time. I do another call on Tuesdays for investors. It's realestateinvestingzoom.com. And you can sign up for that as well. Um, love to have you participate. If I can help you, um, feel free to reach out individually. Uh, we had some questions asked on how you can build your probate business. I think that's an individual question. I'm glad to spend 15 minutes with anybody who wants to make an appointment with me to walk you through where your business is and how I can help or where I think you should go with it. So if I can help, please let me know. We welcome uh, Patricia. You're welcome, Tina. Thank you for the shout out, everybody. Have a great 4th of July weekend. Enjoy the weekend and we'll see you guys next week.